Our scripture this morning is from Isaiah 55, 1 to 13. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk. Without money and without price, why do you spend your money on that which is not bread and your labor on that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him into a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander for the peoples. See, you shall call the nations that do not know and nations who do not know will run to you because of Adonai, our God, the Holy One of Israel, who has glorified you. Seek Adonai where God may be found and call on God while they are near. Let let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to Adonai who will have mercy on them and to our God who will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says Adonai. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that for which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. You shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. It shall be to Adonai for a memorial, for an everlasting sign that will not be cut off. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. When Amy and I read this scripture together in our pastor meeting a couple of weeks ago, I just said, oh, it just feels so wonderful and comfort. It's like cozying up in a warm, fleecy blanket, uh, these familiar, beloved words, and what a wonderful way to bring a close to our journey through the Hebrew Bible this year. So as many of you know, we um, we use the narrative lectionary here, and so we start in the fall with the creation stories, and we move through the Hebrew Bible, eventually arriving at the gospel, and next week is John, 
So we start in the Gospel of John next week. So this is our grand conclusion of our tour through the Hebrew Bible this year. And it's a good one. Um, in fact, as I was listening to uh, some of our favorite commentators to listen to on the Bible Worm podcast, by the time they got to the end, uh, both of them were saying, this is just such good poetry. You just, why do we try to say things about it? Let's just let the poetry be. So I will say a couple of things, but I am also going to let the poetry be and allow us to hear again the richness and beauty of these words. Ho, oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. This is it. This is the shalom vision of God that we proclaim every single week when we light our just peace candle. This is it. This is the vision. This is the great feast where thirst is sated and hunger is no more. Both literal hunger and thirst are attended to in this great feast of God and also our metaphorical and our spiritual hungers and thirst, our hunger and thirst for righteousness and for justice. Our Advent theme this year has been longing for life, and this is it. This is the vision. This is the feast. This is the life for which I long. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? These are great questions, and maybe especially this time of year, and perhaps especially as Amy has reminded us that among other things, we are often consumers. <laughs> so I hear these questions, why do you spend your money on things that are not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? They're the great kinds of questions that a good therapist might ask you, or a spiritual director, or a good trusted friend. I experience them not as shaming, but as pointed, um, pointed in a way that, that feels welcome. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. Listen carefully to God's ways. Incline your ear to God's voice. Draw near to the divine. Listen, heed, so that you, and of course this is plural, so that y'all, so that all y'all might live so that y'all might have that great feast where none have need. And we are reminded, we are shown that there is indeed plenty. There always has been. There has always been enough. Incline your ears and listen so that all y'all may live. Seek Adonai while they may be found. Call upon them while they are near. 
Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to Adonai that they may have mercy on them and to our God who will abundantly pardon. And again, so many good, rich, active verbs here. Seek, seek God and God's ways. Call on God, forsake whatever is wicked, forsake all those things that block or thwart God's great feast for all. If there's anything that gets in the way of that great feast for all, forsake it. Reject anything that presents a hurdle to that grand shalom vision. And another good active verb, return to God. Return again and again to the one who is full of mercy and forgives abundantly. Seek, call on, forsake, reject, and return. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in that thing for which I sent it. So God's word in this lovely vision snows down on us, settling on the earth, saturating its soil, nurturing seeds, and causing life to grow. Life in the form of beauty, life in the form of sustainable ecosystems, life in the form of food. Food that grows and nurtures bodies. Thanks be to God. God's word that snows down on us doesn't return to God empty, but it does exactly what God dreamed and planned and hoped for each time we become conduits for that life. That life that we long for, we are participants in it, bearers of God's purposes. So each time we load up a beloved's belongings into a storage cube, each time we share food with those who have none, each time we work in a myriad ways to dismantle the systems that inequitably distribute God's plenty, perpetuating the lie that there isn't enough. Each time we do those things, we're participating, we are conduits, and God's word has snowed down on us and caused life to grow in us and through us. And now before the final and beloved and wonderfully joyous section of this bit of Isaiah, a little bit of context. Because I haven't given you any context at all so far. We've just been enjoying the poetry of it all. A little bit of context uh, is that this is likely written to the exiles soon before their return. So as you may recall from the last couple of weeks, uh, there was an exile that lasted multiple generations. So that means this is written to a people in exile who have never known anything but exile. There are a couple generations in. 
And Isaiah is writing to them and encouraging them, you don't want to remain in Babylon forever. Even though it's the only home you have ever known, I understand. And yet, I am calling you out, and there is another world possible. And one more thing before I read this final passage, and that is an image. So that's a little bit of context, and now a little bit of an image. <clears throat> we have some runners in our midst today. I didn't even think about this possibility when I came up with this image, but welcome, welcome to some college students or our home. It's so good to see all of you. Um, and some of you are runners, and uh, there, is, there are fewer things in the world that can reliably make me cry uh, than a race. Usually when I'm a cheerleader, I have run some races and that's lovely. And um, maybe I've had some emotions while running a race, but I have cheered on friends who have run races. And if you have ever been to a marathon or a half marathon or any one of those Ks and stood along the way and cheered, oh, I mean, it's just like, I can't stop crying, cheering for people and watching people cheer for people and cheering for everybody and for the particular somebody that you came for and the everybody. And it's just so wonderful and joyous and emotional. And so that's the image that I want you to have as you hear these last words with creation. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song. The trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall be to Adonai a memorial for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. <sighs> there is something about being human that calls us that we long to have our lives witnessed to have someone see us, to bear witness to us. And here we have all of creation bearing witness to these exiles returning home, going before them with song and shouts of joy and clapping. Thanks be to God for this beautiful poetry to bring us to a close in our journey through the Hebrew Bible and to send us out into the world as God's conduits for life that grows up in the world. Amen. <laughs>